It's time for the Retire ASAP podcast. Here's your host, Taylor Fike. Welcome to the Retire ASAP show where our goal is to get you free from work as soon as possible. My name is Taylor Fike and with me I got my co-host Brad Fike. What's up, Brad? Well, we're just rocking and rolling looking at the snow on the ground here in Ohio and soon I'll be in the sunshine hopefully. That's right. You're heading south here in just a few weeks, but I was just I was laughing because uh, the weatherman is about as accurate as the uh, market predictors out there. He said there was going to be eight to ten, maybe even twelve inches of snow overnight here in you know Wayne County, Ohio. And I'm looking outside my door, and there was some snow, but it was it was certainly short of eight inches. Oh, yeah. by far. Yeah. So I just have to laugh because the weather is about as predictable as anything else out there. Well, it's about as predictable as the stock market, which we all know that uh, nobody has that crystal ball, although we own one now here at the office. That's true. So we'll have to have, uh, if, you, if you come into our office to meet with us, we'll have you take a look into the crystal ball, see if you see anything in the future. Yeah, because we're always looking in there trying to find our next pick. This is true. This is true. <laughs> Speaking of our next pick, we were we were kind of talking a little bit about what we want our next series and this episode to be about. And Brad and I both decided that we're just going to do a one-off episode here. And that's mostly because there's a lot going on. As many of you know, if you read the news online or if you get the newspaper to your house or maybe you watch the news on TV or maybe you have that trusty news app on your smartphone that is so dangerous but sometimes so addicting. And you're probably reading through all the crazy stuff that's gone on just in the investment world. And we want to talk a little bit about it. We want to talk a little bit about GameStop, AMC, talk a little bit about Bitcoin and Dogecoin and all those cryptocurrencies. We just kind of want to touch base on a few of those things. This isn't a series by any means, just a uh, just a one-off episode. So maybe a little bit of your wisdom on this one would be helpful, Brad. Well, I was thinking about Owen. Do you know who Owen is? Owen. I yeah. don't. Well, Owen is uh, Nancy Pelosi's uh, record against Donald Trump. Owen, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, that hey, was, I'm not supporting or denying either side of the parties there, but I'm just saying I thought that was hilarious. That was that was a good one. I did see that meme online. It was Donald Trump prank calling Nancy Pelosi, and she says, hello. He says, this is Owen. She says, Owen who? And he says, Owen too, and just laughs in the picture. It was a good one. That was a good meme. I, I do have to think it's great. It's just, you know, <laughs> if I can make fun of political people... On both sides of the fence, I just love it. And those who take it so seriously, why? You can't do anything about it. That's that's Might as well true. have the humor of it. That is true. And it's funny how a lot of that stuff, and I, I won't say it took the complete backseat, but a couple weeks ago, almost all the political talk was off of the news because everyone was talking about GameStop. And I don't know if you followed a whole lot of it, Brad, but I definitely did because it was more entertaining than not. Plus, I have a few friends who were on top of it. They wanted to be in and out and in and out and trying to play the game of the markets. But in case you didn't know, what happened with GameStop is there was a small group of um, people in an internet community. Uh, The website is known as Reddit, and they have small communities called subreddits. Well, there is a subreddit called Wall Street Bets, and it's just a bunch of people at that time, just about a million people in this community who would just share stock tips. Now, they weren't investment advisors, and they were just going with their gut, and they were posting a bunch of stuff. Well, from some research, a few of them found out that GameStop had a large amount of their stocks shorted. 
which is a complicated term for basically saying that a large investment person, in this case it was a large hedge fund, shorted, which means they borrowed shares, and now they're stuck that they're hoping that the stock price goes down. Well, the interesting thing was the subreddit all got together and banded together as a group and said, we're going to buy as much as we can to drive the price up. And what that will do is it puts the hedge fund in a really awkward position and creates what is called a short squeeze. So like I said, there's a ton of research on this. You can read about it to get a little bit more detail. But in general, this whole short squeeze thing caused quite the bustle because the GameStop stock from September went from $20 all the way up to close to $500 at one point by the end of this whole thing. And it was crazy to see one company that had very little to nothing when it came to hope for the future. They were, they were closing retail stores. They were looking like they were going bankrupt. All of a sudden, their stock price is on the S&P 500 and the top 500 companies of the world. And you go, wow, what in the world happened here? And there was a ton of hustle and bustle and buzz all about all that. Did you read much about that, Brad? Well, I did. And how could you miss it? It was all over everything. It really was. uh, So you look at that and you go, so what value was created out of that other than just an emotional play for people? It was a game and it paid off. Some people made money. Some people, I'm sure, have lost money because it's dropped and dropped and dropped in value. I don't know where it's at now. but I'm looking at my app. It is currently at $49 a share. So from 400 and some down to 49. So if you got in there late at $200 or even $100 a share, you now cut your basis. Yeah. What you put into your, it. Your you returns are very negative at this point. And let's face it, there's a lot of people don't get in till it's too late. So Well, when uh, I was when I was seeing on the news, so the big the big information started coming out and I'm trying to think of the date, but it came out on a Monday. And then I had finally heard about it uh, from a few of my friends by Wednesday. And at that point, the shares were just under $300 a share. They were like $270, $280 a share. And by the end of Wednesday and Thursday morning, it was all the way up to almost $500, like $480 a share. It was crazy how fast it happened. But then, right after that moment, there was a whole debacle where Robinhood paused trading. And the shares plummeted, went from 480 down to like 300 bucks by the end of the day of Thursday. And by Friday, it was down to, you know, just under 200 bucks. And then for the next couple of weeks, it's just dwindled itself down to $48. It was wild how quick it happened. But I did hear some crazy stories. We heard stories of people who turned $100 into $5,000. I think the biggest story, there was a 20-something-year-old kid who invested $50,000. Now, where he got his $50,000, I don't know. And But he turned it into twenty. 25 million in a couple of weeks. Now that's some crazy stuff. That's the kind of stuff where everyone goes, man, that sounds awesome. How do I do that? How do I as a regular guy get into that? But the reality is like you said, most people start hearing about it on Wednesday and the price drops after you bought it for $300 a share, drops down to 100 or 50 and you, you're kind of hoping it goes back up, but there's a very small likelihood that's going to happen. Yeah. And you know, what happens is that it's this fear of missing out. Right. I mean, Absolutely. my I see this and it's happening. I got to jump in on it because I, I, I can't let this go by. And this is true with not just only GameStop and that whole game that was played. But it's also true with the Bitcoin and sometimes with commodities when you get gold and silver was a play here a couple of weeks it was. ago. Well, that was a Reddit push too, right and after it's this already thing dropped happened. back down a little bit. And well, Reddit says it wasn't them. It's a whole different ball game the short silver than it is stocks it's because silver is a limited there's a limited uh, amount of silver suppose i think i heard a billion dollars it's held over 
overseas in Europe somewhere. So, but there's there's market for silver for different things. So right. it's a it's a different ball game than a game stock. You're stock. not yeah. You're not just trading the stock for a better price or a lower price. You're actually trading a physical item in some cases, yes. which can and, and there's so stuff there's there. also a normal market for for jewelry and silverware and you know right. silver's used in solar panels and things of that sort mm. so it you know this kind of stuff runs up and runs down it's because people hear about it and then they have this fear of missing out that i'm not going to get rich i could get rich off of this but i'm missing out on it so i'm going to go jump in and usually by that time it's already had a little bit of a run or quite a bit of a run but remember it's a commodity it's a speculative play right absolutely it's always speculative when you're playing the game for the short term because the the research has shown over and over and over again that there is no way to predict the future movements of the stock market and here's the reason why there's too many variables in the stock market, it is a reflection of all of the consumers and how their reaction is to every single company. And so specifically in the games in the GameStop scenario, who would have been able to predict six months ago that GameStop was going to go to $500? Anybody who would have said that would sound crazy. But that's because at that time, they never knew that there was going to be a short squeeze. There was going to be a whole movement within the news media, within the online communities to push for that. It's, just, it's news that has not yet been released. And the market reacts to new news. And so if you don't know what the future news is going to be, which none of us do, if you don't know that, then you're you're speculating, which means you are gambling and hoping it's going one way off of your feelings or off of some maybe algorithm you've created, but it's not a foolproof algorithm. You're you're basing all of your decisions off of something that is not rock solid foundation. Yeah, and uh, the Reddit group messed with the hedge fund managers, which have lots of billions of dollars behind them as an industry. So let me tell you, I probably would be willing to guess that the hedge funds made out in that whole deal in the end. I'm going to say you're probably right, too. I, I think uh, the idea, the David versus Goliath mentality, I think that's what even got a lot of the hype going, too, in the online community. The the little guys, the guys on Reddit who have, you know, maybe fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 in their investment portfolio to their name, they were saying, look, we're going to take our fifty grand, we are going to put it all together, and we're going to overthrow these billionaires who have all this money in the market, who've been moving and building their wealth off of us small people for however long. You know, they, they build up the Dave and Goliath thing. And in the end, I'm pretty sure what those hedge funds were doing was using their capital to leverage themselves. They may probably, in the grand scheme of things, they probably shorted it when the price was really high. Absolutely. They ended up making far more money on the downside from $400 than they did from the downside side of twenty dollars i'm pretty sure they had to buy the shares when they were shorting it they had to buy the shares to get back in the money and then whenever it got up there they they knew it was not going to last so they i'm going to guess they they probably are smiling all the way to the bank probably in a broader general form than the than the individuals did there's only a few handful of big hitters that were in there early that really made the big money right and doesn't mean that people didn't make money and it was a fun little game but in the in the big grand scheme of things, it's speculating. And is that what you want to do with your money? And this is what was interesting for me, I think, is that I went from a place where most of my friends will ask me every once in a while, 
hey, what are the markets doing? What should I be investing in? And I give them the same answer. Well, I don't know. What do you think you should be investing in? Because what I what I tell people all the time is balanced, diversified portfolio, depending on how much risk you're comfortable with taking, that's what you need to build towards. And you need to know what your risk factor is. You need to go through that whole process. We do that with every one of our clients. When they ask me what I'm invested in, I tell them the truth. I say, I'm invested in our 100% stock portfolio. It's a fully aggressive account but it's in multiple different stocks. It's broadly diversified across all different sectors. There's a there's a method to my madness on that stuff. But what I can't say is just invest in Tesla, even though if I would have told somebody that a year ago, I would have made them pretty rich doing something like that if they put all their money in it. But I can't say that because I don't know where Tesla's going and I don't know where any company is going. So I want to own the market as a whole and be prudent with my investing. Now, here's the thing, though. What my friends have been doing is I've heard far more in the last month questions about what are the markets doing? Have you heard anything about GameStop or AMC or or Bitcoin or what's going on with all this stuff? When I hear that kind of stuff, I go, this is interesting because I think quarantine has done something to people. The mix of the access to the Robinhood app, and if you haven't heard of Robinhood, it's a trading app that you can get on your smartphone where you can add money and you can invest in stocks. And it's a really low barrier to entry type of thing. There's no trading costs. There's no fees on that side. Now, there's always some sort of fee somewhere. And what Robinhood does is actually sells some trading data, and they got in some trouble for that back in December. Grand scheme of things, it's a low barrier to entry trading platform where everyday people can get in and buy and sell stocks. Well, with the mix of quarantine and people being bored and access to Robinhood, we're starting to see a much larger jump in day trading and speculative trading online than what we've seen in the past probably 20 years, probably since the 90s. And you were telling me a little bit about the 90s. What was it like in the uh, the internet bubble era of the 90s when people were day trading all day long and making all their millions doing that? Well, it, it was funny times. And I started in 83 in this industry. So late 80s, I would have been 20. I started 25. So I was probably late 20s. I was buying penny stocks because it was the same kind of noise at that point. You know, oh, if you buy, you know, in the, this is going to be worth a fortune. And so I owned a whole bunch of penny stocks and I didn't put a lot of money in it. Now, back then in your late 20s, 500 bucks was a lot. So I might put 500 in all these different types of penny stocks. I can tell you none of them panned out. Most of them all failed over time. Actually, one of them ran for almost 20 years and still ended up bankrupting then. It's just, you know, I could tell stories all day long on penny stocks. But it's another thing that, and when you're young, you've never been burnt. You don't know. You you hear all this positive stuff. And if you hit one, then things look great. And so you keep doing it. But sooner or later, the losers will beat you down for sure. But then as we got into the 90s, the tech, the tech years, that decade was just massive tech companies coming out. Most of them had zero profit, zero value, but they went public with their stock and people were buying it like crazy. And the stock could go up 100, 200, 300, 400 percent in a year, just like what we've seen in some of this stuff. I'm not saying Tesla is a tech stock uh, of the 90s, but because there is some value being created there with Tesla. But back then, all these tech companies, internet companies, I mean, it was so new and people could just throw a dart. In fact, remember, uh, what was that guy's name that had the monkey on TV, 60 Minutes or something? Yeah. The monkey threw the dart and, and whatever he hit, he, he made money on it. Well, wasn't it that when he threw the dart, they did a study that they, when he threw the dart, they actually tracked the investment history of those companies 
and that monkey made more money than a, than like a handful of money managers and major investment yeah. companies. This monkey who just threw darts at a board made more money than the professionals. And that became the joke. A monkey can do a, can do better than you on it. So anyhow, this went on for I'm going to say mid 90s till the end of the 90s even just into the 2000s and then we had the tech bubble and when that tech bubble popped people were millionaires multi-millionaires from buying these stocks that uh with companies that had all this potential but really had nothing going it was just massive debt and massive research and and all this and so whenever the bubble hit in 20 or 2001 right around 2001 and into 2002 these tech companies disappeared and people literally went from millionaires, multimillionaires to zero. And so at that particular point in time, I knew people and I that had quit their jobs and became day traders at home. They were buying and selling and were making it was so easy to make money. But when the bubble hit, everything goes to zero, or a majority of those really big tech stocks went to zero. There was only a few survivors out of it. Uh, the day traders suddenly, all of a sudden, when you'd run into them, oh, I'm not doing it anymore. I couldn't make any money. Once they got out of that that extreme excitement and the emotion of speculating on all those stocks, once they lost their money, then they had to go back and get real jobs. Right. Uh, and so I see this happening. If this environment continues for a while, I think it's going to be another late 90s, 2000 type thing where some younger people are going to think, well, this is easy. I can make money. I'm going to do this. And then you're going to do it. But then when things get tough and there will be another recession or bubble coming up, we don't, we don't know when that's going to be. And when it happens, that's when they're going to get crushed. And when they, if they have stuff that doesn't have any value or any soundness or any fundamentals to that particular investment, it's going to crush again and they're going to be broke. And then they're going to look back and go, crap, if I put my life savings in that, I'm starting from scratch or my IRA into that, I'm starting from scratch. So that's speculating as opposed to good sound investing. Right. And I see that as a potential of what's going on now because the younger crowd, and I'm not knocking it because I was there at one point in time, doesn't know that, Does, has never, never lived through that. So they'll find out eventually. You're absolutely right. We don't have the experience and and. I can already see this in my friends. They bought AMC. They bought GameStop. They got in. Some of them got burned. Some of them made some bucks. The ones who got burned are already saying, I don't know if I'm going to do any more of this. I don't really have the money to play around like this. But the ones who made some money, they're thinking, huh, if that was that easy, I did. if I made a couple grand in a week off of my $100 investment, I could probably keep on doing this. I can find some companies. And I've gotten recommendations from my friends. Get into this cryptocurrency or get into this XYZ company because it's about to blow up. And I go, the thing is, if we look at the market trends, we're coming out of, you know, a COVID dip from last March. And a lot of companies are still, you know, a lot of the retail companies are still being held back because the full economy hasn't really taken it, taken off like it should. A lot of the tech companies have already taken off for a lot of different reasons, but we look at this, we're on a growth path right now. Now, that doesn't mean it's a high, high growth path or anything, but for the time being, we're looking at some things where things are looking bright in our future, so every company could take off. The problem is we don't know which ones are actually going to take off and which ones are going to nosedive right off the runway. And so we can't be counting on one thing or the other, but like you say, the 90s was one of those times where it, unprofessionals got into something that they feel like they could do because everything was going up. 
Well, the problem is when the floor falls out, you don't know why or how or what you should have been in. At that time, you weren't diversified and you weren't being prudent. You got hurt really bad. And I'm afraid you're right. That might happen again this time to us younger folks. I mean, I'm 28, so I'm right in that world. But I kind of been brainwashed by you in a lot of ways of you got to think long term. It's not about the next 20 months. It's about the next 20 years. And that's important. Yeah. And I'm not saying you can't speculate and gamble with some of your money if that's what you want to do. But let's look at it this way. We work hard. We have a lifetime of working and we should be prudent with that money. Doesn't mean you can't set aside a gambling account. I know lots of people put 10000 on the side or 5000 on the side or even $1,000, and that is a little bit of a gambling money thing. And go ahead and speculate with that if that's what you want to do. I'm not going to say that I can't predict if you're going to make money or lose money. I think it's probably uh, more lose than there is win, but that's just my, my experience. But if you're going to work hard for your money, then you need to be prudent with that money. Doesn't, you know, some of our, I'm not going to say some, all of our most successful clients, people who are retired and have very comfortable retirements have been very prudent and have done a diversified portfolio their whole life. They didn't speculate and gamble with that money. They did what they were supposed to do, and that is be diversified, stay on the long course keep your mind you know thinking long and have had very much success and have big accounts today so it we know it works so why go out there and get stupid with it other than if you want to have a little account go ahead and have fun with it if you want i mean people go to vegas sometimes they know when they go there that's if you if you're smart you go there knowing that okay i might take this thousand dollars with me but i'm going to expect to lose it and so you should expect to lose it. And if I make money, great, which, you know, most yeah. of the time you lose it. It should be a surprise when you make money. You should not expect <laughs> yeah. to make money in Vegas in the same way you shouldn't expect to make money speculating in the markets. If you got into GameStop and you thought, I'm going to be a millionaire in another year, you're you're being foolish. You've been misled, one, by the Reddit community. And I read, I dug through, I trudged through that swamp. And if you've ever been on Reddit, there there's... All the bad comes with some of the little bit of good on there. It's just a it's a free-for-all wild, wild west of the internet. So I dug through the swamp, and I read through a lot of these comments, and there were some people who got hurt, and, and they got hurt bad. And they're posting these like, guys, you said that this was going to be doing this. And, and of course, everyone laughs at them online because they, they call them stupid for believing in internet guy with the anonymous handle as their name. They don't even know this person, but they trusted their investment advice. I think that's kind of silly too. But the idea here is you can't get greedy. You can't get greedy with your retirement money. You can't get greedy with your life savings. You can have some fun. Don't get me wrong. I have a friend who is a client of ours and he has a portfolio with us. He's doing a Roth IRA. He has a work 401k. He's doing all that stuff. But then he tells me all the time, he goes, yeah, I got like this extra $1,000. This is all I have. And I'm, I have it in this Robinhood account. And I do some crypto and I do some individual stocks. He goes, but I'm never going to add to that. You know, if I make money on it, that means I have more money to play with. If I lose money on it, I have less money to play with. And that's the mentality you have to have when it comes to speculating. Now, he was also one of the ones who made, I think, two or three grand on the GameStop thing. So he has a lot more money to play with right now, which is fun. But he knows in the back of his head, he goes, this is not my retirement plan. This is just something for me to do in my free time. And that's the right way sure. to look at it. Yeah, and I think that's that's okay as long as you can identify and separate that out. But we have proven facts. We have people 
who have done it year after year, their whole lives, 20, 30, 40 years, living a great retirement today because they stayed prudent. They did the right risks at the right time, but they diversified a portfolio. And that is really the only true way to wealth. It's not speculating and gambling, although you're going to hear all the big positives, but those people that are on Reddit you're talking about that got wiped out or lost their money, there's probably more than you will ever imagine because when you lose money, you usually don't like to talk about it. You only like to brag when you make money. So, you know, it's, it's, it's just something that you have to be careful uh, with all this speculation and the excitement. The whole thing boils down to the excitement of the fear of missing out. And trust me, I feel the same emotion as anybody else does when you see Bitcoin at fit almost 50,000 a coin, when I can remember when it was not even $1,000 a coin, and you sit there and go, oh, those guys that got in. I have zero jealousy for those guys. I hope they hit and become billionaires out of it. I doubt that in the long run, but that's my personal opinion because I really don't know where that's going. But there is that element within every human where you go, I'm missing out on this. I got to get in. And so that's what happens to people. They get emotionally caught up with their money, wanting to have what the guy next door has. Right. But we always want what somebody else has, right? Absolutely. The grass is always greener on the other side. But remember, there's a high element of risk to that. And you don't know where Bitcoin's going to go. But, you know, it's it's the speculation and the fear of missing out that I we have to have that conversation with our clients. And I have to say, too, in my experience in this world, which is a few years, this is I'm going on seven years of uh, being an investment advisor. That the interesting thing about this world is that there are far more silent and quiet millionaires out there that you'll never know about. Only because what they did is they saved a few bucks off of every paycheck and they invested it well and prudently and they don't brag about it. They don't talk about it. They are smart with their money. They don't overspend. They don't live outside their means. I've seen it. I've seen plumbers. I've seen guys from the manufacturing floor. I've seen hand over fist people that are just regular average old Joes who were smart and disciplined and patient and now they're millionaires or even more in some cases. They didn't they didn't hit some flashy lottery. They didn't go out there and, you know, buy a bunch of real estate and flip it and do all this stuff. Now, don't get me wrong, there are people who have done that, but the vast majority of the people that I know that are very wealthy did it because they were patient and they did it over time. Right. And that you know that's the millionaire next door book remember wasn't there yep. one about the the sociopaths and the millionaire next door is usually the guy in the old beat up truck and the coveralls and and but he's loaded and you'd never know it and i can tell you that is a fact uh in a lot of cases not all cases but some of our wealthiest clients you would never have any idea they have what they have and it's always a shocker so yeah that, that goes back to being prudent and reasonable expectations and not getting caught up in the emotion of greed because it's a greed emotion right it is it's it's greed and then on the opposite end you get you get the opposite emotion when it all comes down to it now you have complete fear if you get burnt by a GameStop or you get burnt by a Bitcoin all of a sudden now you don't want to invest at all and that's the opposite thing you want too so you got to do something that's more level-headed more disciplined get in there get diversified 
stride, be prudent, know what risk you're in, make sure you're shooting for the long-term goals, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 years down the road. Even if you just retired this year, I have this all the time. Client will say, well, I don't have 20 years. I'm retiring today. Well, are you retiring and spending all your money tomorrow? Because you're probably going to be in retirement for the next 10, 15, 20 years. So you need to be thinking even still long-term, even though you're already retired. Now, that does change your risk factor in some ways that you're retiring and drawing income, but you have to think long-term if you want to make sure your money lasts and your wealth lasts, you want to leave a legacy for your kids or your grandkids. Those things take discipline and time and patience. Yeah, so I think in summary out of all this is that it's okay to take a little bit of your money if you want to speculate and gamble with it, because that's truly what it is. But you need to have a core, your bulk of your assets in a nice, diversified, planned out portfolio. You'll win every time over the long period of time. Now, if you try to get in there for a year and get back out, yeah, you know, I can't say you're going to win every time. But over a long period of time, history has proven that you will win that ball game. It's the speculating and the gambling that ruin people and will tell you well, next time we have a recession, that's when it will you will feel that pain if you're speculating gambling. I can give you stories all day long of the last uh, recessions and when people felt that pain. So in essence, stay diversified, have a long-term approach to it. You'll win the ball game. And if you want to gamble and speculate, take a little bit of that money and set it off the side. That's your gambling money. But don't let that be your core money. So with that being said, in the middle of all this, don't get caught up. Don't speculate. Make sure you're thinking of investing. You want to have some fun. Go ahead and do that. But make sure it's not with your retirement fund. If you're looking to retire ASAP, you're looking to retire early, you have to be smart with your money. So a couple things before we close here. One, just a little disclaimer that on this podcast, we're not investment advisors. We are advisors with FIKE Advisors. But when we talk on here, we're talking about educational hints, educational tips when it comes to managing your money and working on your retirement plan. So don't take our advice. We're not giving any investment advice. We talked a lot about a ton of different things on here. We're not telling you to invest in any single one of those things. You need to talk to your financial advisor, your tax advisor, your legal advisor before you make any decisions about anything with your money. You should get good, sound advice from a professional before you do anything. And then on top of that, if you don't have a sound professional or someone that you know that you can get advice from, you can always come to us. We are taking on new clients at Fike Advisors. If you go to fikeadvisors.com and you go to our homepage there, in the top right corner, there's a schedule now button. If you click it, It'll take you directly to our digital calendar where you can sign up for a free 20-minute phone call or a 20-minute in-person meeting. We're doing socially distanced with mask on at this point. If you want to meet with us and have some questions, it doesn't cost you anything for that first appointment. It's a free consultation where we talk to you about all the details that you may want to talk through, see if we can help you out. If we can, that's awesome. We'll tell you about the next steps that we have for you. If not, we'll send you to someone that might be able to help you. Maybe it's something that's above our head. Maybe it's something that we don't specialize in, we'll find someone who can help you along the way. So again, fikeadvisors.com. That's our homepage. You can click the schedule now button in the top right corner. So Brad, this is this is your last episode before you head out to Florida. Any final words before you disappear for a month? No, you can look for me on Siesta Key Beach doing some yoga probably with my uh, dollar my, I got a foam dollar sign. They- and so that's, that's what I use to, you know, financial yoga guy so i want everybody to know when you see a guy out there doing yoga 
might not be pretty, but he's going to have his foam dollar sign. You'll know that's me. I, I would be concerned if any of our listeners are on the beach looking for that. That's that's a scary thought to me. I think I'll have a crowd. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe that is. The, maybe it'll be even worse. Maybe you will have a crowd. I'm not sure which is better. I'll have a crowd of hecklers is what I'm going to have. Well, in the next couple of weeks here, or I should say the next couple of episodes over the next month, we'll have some different voices on here, and we'll keep you posted on that. In the meantime, have a great rest of your week, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Investment advisory services provided by Fike Advisors, LLC. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Please consult a professional before taking any action. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed.